Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm uh, one of your two co-hosts, joined, as always, by my uh, other co-host and good friend, Blake. What it is and what it does, Jordan. We are back, baby. Yes, we were uh, busy seeing each other in person, so we couldn't record because touching we were in each the other's hand gently. What? We, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Sure. As <laughs> as friends do, gently Naturally. touch each other's hand. You know? I Everybody does the, that. I think you might have seen this uh, in a slightly more intimate light than I did, but I'm here for it. <laughs> given given each other a hug. We did that, right? Several that's hugs, true. probably. Uh, that's true. Um, but now we're back, uh, mm-hmm. virtual once more, mm-hmm. and uh, we're talking about a game by the name of Inglet, spelled with a Y. Inglet. Uh, and this is this is a game by uh, Niflas, or perhaps Niflas on Twitter, um, with art by Sarah Sandberg. Um, and uh, Inglet is described as a floating non-platformer, which I think is a pretty good uh, description of it. It's uh, hard to capture what this game is without just seeing it, so mm-hmm. you should uh, look at it, what it is, uh, on the there's H page. A, but there's a demo on Steam, Yinglet Prototype, or, or Prologue. The, yeah, or do the demo. But basically, you play this uh, floating amoeba-like thing, what it looks like to me is an amoeba in the style of, um, did you ever watch that cartoon, uh, Atlantis? The, the animated Disney the film, animated Disney film about maybe it's called journey to Atlantis. I don't remember. It, I think it's just called Atlantis. I've, I've probably seen that movie. I remember vividly the, the advertisements. Isn't that terrible? I, I remember the ads <laughs> and I the, remember the film. I remember there being a toy from it that I wanted, but I don't actually mm. remember if I have seen the movie all the way through. I mean, I definitely know what it is. Uh, I think it's called Atlantis, the lost empire. Yes. And anyways, okay. the like, uh, Atlantean magic runes have a certain, uh, look to them. Oh, right. That, uh, There's the glowy rock robot guys, yes, right? Glowy rock robot guys. And this, uh, this really reminds me of them, mm. uh, especially the later levels. Um, but anyways, that's just a long uh, description of the art style for this game. But basically, you're playing as this floating amoeba where you're platforming without platforming. So instead of jumping from platform to platform, you're launching yourself from shape to shape. So there's like these floating shapes and uh, while you're in the shapes, you are not bound by gravity. You can move through them freely. But as soon as you leave one of these shapes, then you start to get pulled down uh, off the map and die. So your goal is to um, move between the shapes or dash or bounce between the shapes with your, uh, you get get a dash ability. Um, and then it sort of adds some complications to that fu- that fundamental uh, sort of grammar by like making it so you can refresh your um, your dash by bouncing off certain walls or by dashing into other walls. Um, but that's the the basic sort of thing. And then from there, the game is described as a non-platformer, but it does still kind of in the... the it's basically the sort of a platformer. Level design, it does still feel like a, a sort of puzzle platformer in, in some places. Um, yeah, yeah. 
so so it, yeah it's a little bit hard to describe because it's a, it's it's pretty abstract which i will say it, it doesn't fall into the trap that a lot of sort of like abstract art style uh games mm. about that are very much about feel uh it doesn't fall into the trap of just feeling like we made the art style abstract because we didn't know what kind of art to make um it doesn't sure. feel like it doesn't feel like programmer art. Uh, looking at the screenshots, I thought it might feel a little bit like programmer art, but I, I don't think it does. I think uh, although the style is sort of like abstract and doesn't doesn't uh, appear to be describing real life or particular real life objects, uh, it is uh, it still looks really nice and uh, it has a distinct feel to it. But um, yeah, totally. There is definitely a a style to it. It's not just randomly abstract. It is right. kind of like um, the yeah. It's hard to put your finger on it, but like um, it's it's a a really fun mixture of like things that evoke um, like uh, micro microorganisms, like biological fun, uh, microorganisms of some sort, right. like amoebas and little cells and stuff like it, it almost looks like the first part of spore yeah i it, i spore? thought the same thing it, i thought it looks exactly that's that was the touch point for me is that first phase of spore yeah. first phase of spore but then at the same time with these kind of like weirdly runic yeah um, it's it's got a very it's a on everything and it's it, got a hand it, it, strong hand drawn style um, you know it's it's hard to say it looks like anything other than itself because it's very it's very much its own thing right yeah it's it's a it's a really cool game and i i want to uh, get a little bit more into the uh, like how the mechanics work because it actually uh it it took me a minute to get acclimated to how to just move around um yeah because uh basically as you so you you start in these little i'm trying to describe think of how to describe basically safe zones so there are shapes mm -hmm. drawn out of uh uh, you know, a solid line where when you're inside of them, you can kind of like float around. You have very precise control of your movement. Uh, and if you stand still without touching the controller for a minute in any of the safe zones, then it'll get a pink outline around it and become the checkpoint. So if you die, you'll go back there. Um, but then once you move Which outside side of note, the respawn animation, so fluid. Yeah. You, uh, you fall off the screen and then rather than like the screen fading out and coming back, you actually just like uh, zip, like zip back into the spot. You yeah. Were. Like it, it, it redraws itself around you, which is yeah. uh, yeah. a very elegant effect. Yeah. So, so once you leave the safe zone and you're sort of in open air, that's where things get interesting because, uh, you kind of, you, you don't have much control in the air. I think I've decided that you have a, a small amount of control in the air. Yes, you uh, do. And also there is a setting. You can increase it. Oh, really? Just, is that one I of like the, the, the default air control? Yes, that is one um, thing. I, I never played around with it to see how much you get, but I did look through the settings. and that That's interesting. Because watching, uh, the, I'd like watched some gameplay footage when we were deciding to play it. And uh, it looks like you have more air control than you have. So when I started playing it, I was like, oh man, you don't have any air control, but you do have a, you do have a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But basically what you're kind of doing is like building up your speed and using your inertia uh, from the safe zones to kind of like control your trajectory through the air. And at first it's really hard, uh, but then you get the dash move, which... 
Um, you do by holding a button and it kind of slows time drastically and you pick your direction and you do, you know, a classic modern indie game fixed distance dash. Um, but this is where the game really kind of hits stride, I think, uh, is before you have the dash. I think there are some moments that are a little bit frustrating where you're trying to learn uh, and mm-hmm. you just like uh, jumping between safe zones that are all different shapes and sizes, by the way. Uh, jumping between the safe zones sometimes you just get the wrong you don't have the right path through the air and you can't really do anything you just fly off the edge of the screen and then restart (laughs) and at first it's a little frustrating it's like man i don't have any control over anything and then the dash is like all right now you do but uh then they sort of start ratcheting up the the things they ask of you in the level and so they end up being uh, a combination of kind of puzzle and sort of like, I guess sort of like figure it out puzzle and uh, execute platforming type puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and usually a little to, bit despite of both. the air control. You can get a lot of uh, sort of threading the needle puzzles out of aligning your, um, yeah. your dash. And yeah, one I, thing I will say a very nice quality of life uh, thing with the dash is that time slows down dramatically and uh, your character a little sort of, uh, line tracing the direction you'll go uh, shoots out in front of you. And yeah, which the line it very useful. And in fact, there are times when the line is absolutely necessary because yes. you need to know if you're going to bounce off a um, a wall. Yeah, that, that's absolutely what you, I was going to say. That line is if, if and where you will you will deflect, and so you you need that information in order to plot out your route. Yeah, that line is uh, is absolutely necessary. Uh, especially as sort of more mechanics get introduced. But um, I will say, yeah, maybe once I shouldn't you, call it a quality of life thing. It is just like a thing you yeah, need. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's an a absolute key part necessity. Of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say like, once you have the, the dash, then I stopped feeling like, Oh, this is kind of frustrating. And started feeling like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think this, um, yeah, this game definitely has a lot of, yeah. Uh, the, I think that the the sort of motion um, art and sound just all really uh, really come together in what is generally a very satisfying experience. It's just something so. I mean, it uses the word fluid a lot in, in the description. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, in most cases uh, quite right. There's just something mm-hmm. so like like everything's just like rippling around you, and there's a lot of like um, kind of. Uh, fluid motion that is just really mesmerizing totally and um and uh yeah it was just uh, a a joy to play I, I do agree though that there was a um there was a bit of a learning curve and i found that it was it was even definitely getting the dash was the big thing but even past that i think it just um it did take a while for me to really feel like i was uh you know, being very intentional in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, that may just in part be a function of the fact that this is a very unique um, sort of game and way of moving through the game space. But yeah, I, I f- there was um, a little bit of uh, a tedium at the beginning, I would say. But then once you get mm. uh, like really into it, it's just like, Mm, so good yeah i i would say once you get a feel for like the the uh momentum that you have flying through the air and you can kind of judge 
you you get really good at judging the angle you need to exit one safe zone to like be in the right position to use your dash and again that line is super valuable because it not only shows you the exact direction you're going but it also shows you the exact distance of your dash which is yes. super important for some of the um each level has these sort of optional pickups and if you try and get all of those i tried to get as many as i could find um it'll require some pretty precise movement where you kind of need to like exit one mm -hmm. safe zone in the right position use a dash to get to another specific position and kind of it's it's not just your position but also like the speed and the direction you're uh you're moving um because mm -hmm. that that momentum can uh be the difference between uh flying off the edge and just barely catching the next safe zone and it's uh, mm -hmm. uh it's really fun and once you once you get the hang of it which takes uh, a little bit but once you once you do get the hang of it feels feels real good you know yeah i would say the moment of the i sort of switched was um so i remember early on being a little skeptical of the way that the um the uh checkpoint mechanic worked because early mm. on almost every single block that you can swim through is a safe zone yes. so right. i found myself uh both because i could checkpoint all over the place and because i didn't have very good mastery of the movement yet so i was very playing very cautiously i was uh just checkpointing a lot and i was like this doesn't seem like I felt like it was kind of disrupting the smooth, you know, flow of the game. But yeah. then as I got better at it and didn't feel like I needed to take every single opportunity to checkpoint that I saw and the game starts throwing blocks at you that you can't checkpoint in, um, mm. that's when it, it sort of felt like, a, you know, the light turned on in my head. And, sure. Uh, and then I was really playing Inglet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the the checkpoint mechanic cuz I'm not sure that I've totally like made my mind up about whether or not I think it's like I mean, I don't necessarily think it's good or bad. Uh I'm just curious why exactly. Um it yeah, doesn't I, have I also am curious why because in in some of the very later levels, the safe zones are so infrequent that it it kind of in effect becomes a traditional checkpoint mechanic, you know, right. where you're just finding a checkpoint. And right. At that and point, I, it's kind of like, well, what is the reason for giving the player this much control over where the checkpoint is? Right. Um, and I and was, another element, sure another element is that because there are so many of them so often, sometimes you forget to leave a checkpoint uh and then yes, you true, are just true. kind of like rolling through an area and then you fall off and it's like oh man i'm all the way back here um yep, i think yep. i think for a game that's so much about flow having you to like break up your flow by sit and wait and like not touch the controller because even if you could like swim around the zone for like your safe zone like even if you can swim in a circle and it would still work but you really you have to just basically not touch the controller i mean yeah. honestly like let me let me hit a button or something to say like this is my checkpoint well, yeah now. I had a thought about that. So I, I, I would agree normally because, you know, it would be nice. It's like as long as you stay within the bounds of it, it it'll do it or something, right? But then I realized the reason it's probably not that way is because it doesn't want to accidentally update your checkpoint when you weren't. Mm. Like sometimes, you know, you're going off to go collect a collectible and you don't actually want to change your checkpoint because it'll be backtracking. Right. Um, so I assume they that the reason it's that way is to make it so there's no accidental checkpoints but then again it's mm. like why 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 do it <laughs> yeah and and 
I haven't figured this out uh, because my my initial thought was like, okay, maybe they were finding themselves in the position where having checkpoints be in specific locations was uh, giving away the solution to a puzzle or giving away that like, mm. hey, there's a secret item up here. Although <laughs> I don't think those, th- arrows, those items aren't really that items. hidden. Yeah, they have those arrows that kind of point at where yeah, they are. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that I totally understand why the checkpoints. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I wonder if um, earlier in the game's development, uh, you just got put back into the last safe zone that you touched when you died. Uh, and then that became a nuisance for one of the reasons you described earlier, where you're sort of getting put back somewhere that you really don't want to be. Even if you did touch that safe zone, it's like, well, that's I've been backtracking. I don't really want to go back here. I'd rather go further back or something. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure. I'm not quite sure. I, I think uh, all told it is uh, it's it's not I wouldn't say I think negatively about that mechanic, uh, but I will say I was just a little bit perplexed by it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would agree. I don't think that I certainly by the end of the game, my. I was less. Early on, I was I was quite skeptical. By the end of the game, I was like, okay, I guess it works. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that it, it was a little a little mystifying. Um, uh, but you know, but like I said, you know, by the end of the game, it is um, and it is worth mentioning. Blake didn't finish the game, but uh, wow. you know, whatever. Um, but he got very close. And in the last I few know, levels, it, it's pretty close to just a normal checkpoint. Like you know. There'll yeah. technically be two different bricks you could be checking in, but they're right next to each other. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't finish this game uh, mostly because I wasn't sure how long it was, and so I, I I hit a few levels that were really good, and I was like, you know, that's a that's a good that's a good as good as place as any to stop. And then Jordan was like, yeah, you have like two levels left. And I was like, oh, I should have should just finished it, but uh, you know, could have should have what I'll do it. Probably right after we uh, finish recording. Yes, but, um, it is uh, very good, so I don't think it'll be hard to to muster up the strength to do it. So, so I here's here's a weird question for you. Did you notice the the theme of the level names and what the levels are? Uh, no. And in fact, I was I didn't really start thinking about it until near the end. Um, okay. because like, aren't the level names in like Dutch or something? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad I figured this out. Actually Copenhagen. So probably Danish yeah, or German. There's, there's cities in Denmark, all of them, or like, ah. uh, uh, they're either cities or, uh, municipalities. They're locations in Denmark. And my guess is that the world map where you're selecting levels is just a map of, of Denmark, uh, Oh, Which, Dodoy. I thought it looked it looked like it was all one city and you were going into neighborhoods. Right, right. Um, but I think, well, actually, that no, I don't think that's true. And I, I did notice because I saw Copenhagen uh, written in, uh, you know, the with the Danish name. It looks like Coven, Covenhaven or something like that. Oh, um, interesting. 
Yeah, I was not paying a lot of attention to that. I yeah paid more attention, which is a curious thing because you're just like flying around as this weird amoeba looking thing. I'm like, am I? Are we aliens? Did we take over Denmark? Like, what is happening here? Do you remember the the very beginning? Yeah, there's this this animation of a right meteorite hurtling towards you. And you, the little amoeba being, is like sitting with your children watching a TV program about it. Are those I, my children? I thought I they were my I friends. Don't know that, I don't know that they're your children, but I thought mm. they were your children because you spend most of the game collecting them. And then in the end, the final cinematic is you reunited with them watching mm. TV again mm. um, in sort of a home looking space. And it just, they kind of gave a uh, parent-child vibe off to me, but hmm. they could just be your friends. I don't. They're really the homies, have any, man. I don't have any concrete evidence. Mm. Um, so, so here's my question: because like a, the meteorite hits, and then you look like a little microorganism. Are we like? Are we the? I mean, there's one theory of that I've heard of like evolution that like life on Earth started because mm. there were microorganisms on a meteorite that struck the Earth and then the microorganisms, you know, expanded and became all life on uh, on Earth. Is that is that what's going on here? Are we are we the 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 primordial Scandinavians uh, striking down on Earth? But but then it doesn't make sense. Why? Why are our, our house is being blown up? It's interesting. I was I was kind of confused by that because like we look like microscopic little guys zipping around, but then we're like flying over a map of Copenhagen. Like, are we are we alien invaders? You know what I mean? Who can oh, say? Oh, interesting. Who can say? Um, maybe maybe well, Niflos so can. <laughs> I just did some googling and see if Inglet has any uh, meaning. Okay. In Danish and uh, Inglet. Ingle, so uh, Y-N-G-E-L, is Danish for angel. And then oh. Yingle, spelled like Yinglet, is Swedish for uh, fry, like young fish. So almost like tadpole. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a word that's supposed to be halfway between angel and fish. Or angel, um, so angel tadpoles. Angelfish or something. It doesn't mm. really, um, you know, clarify much about the meaning of the game. But I do mm. think that you, the thing you play as could be plausibly described as half fish, half angel. So I like there it. There you go. Okay. Okay. I'm into but it. But that doesn't really explain the meteor plot. I don't really know what. No. Uh, it it doesn't. And also, you know, uh, just a fun time. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Abstract. Art. Um. Doesn't matter. I, I did want to, um, you, I, I will point out, you mentioned the music and the sound first, not me. <laughs> so it's, I don't have to make fun of you for So you can't make fun of me, it's not allowed. Um, but I will say I did like it. it. I think somewhere it mentioned like a procedural sort of like dynamic music system. Uh, and I will say not every level uh, hits super hard, but uh, some of the levels have some real, in pr- particular, the first level that's sort of like dark, it's called uh, Kastrup. That level, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, this is yeah. that This is I, that good shit. I think shit. that might have been one of the best, if not the best, the first dark level. But I yeah. did feel like the dark levels were the best of the whole game. So, yeah, um, I really liked them. I, I don't know... 
there's some, first of all, the art just, I think looks coolest in those levels, but I also just felt like, um, you know, in part, this is just cause it's the, at the end of the game, but that's really when sort of everything has come together. Right. Um, and it feels like the, the those are the levels where you most need to be sort of like, you, you feel most like mastery bouncing around the level. Totally. Um, yeah. That, and I they, really enjoyed that. They stopped, they stopped introducing new mechanics and just, uh, sort of like, uh, I, I, did we explain that they're the the sort of like shorter levels that are just kind of there to uh, in solidify in your mind a principle about how the game works uh, before uh, you move yeah, on we didn't to explicitly talk about it. But yeah, right. They they're not quite tutorials, but they're sort of like um, they almost felt like they were uh, like it's, just remember a, you you can it's do a this. Gate. It's a gate to say before you start the next level. Remember that uh, you can you dash uh, if you dash t- into the blue walls, you'll go through it. But if you dash into the red wall, you'll deflect off of it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you yeah, have to I, I do that. Exactly what you're talking about too? <laughs> yeah, you have to do that in the right sequence so that there's only one way to uh, get past, and then it lets you go onto the next level. So those last like three or four levels, they all, they don't introduce any new mechanics. They are just using the mechanics that are already there in concert. Uh, and they're really fun. And I think they, they get the most out of the, uh, the sort of like, well, they do introduce very minor changes on the, uh, the blobs that you fly through. Like it introduces one that, uh, will dissipate after a while. It introduces one that will create a sonic wave that pushes you out of it. Right. And it introduce ones that will um, disappear well, if you dash nearby. Ones. Okay. There's one you haven't encountered yet, but yeah, they're Ooh, they're pretty fun. minor minor mechanical changes compared to how much you're getting in the in the earlier levels. Right. All right. I found the I found the press kit for Yinglet, and I and I've got some knowledge to drop on you. All right. Oh, good. Ready? Good. In Yinglet, you play as a jellyfish-like creature. It lives in a floating bubble with its friends. Ah, damn. Unfortunately, a comet crashes into its home and the friends are launched across <laughs> the world. Now, Yinglet has to travel the world to find its lost friends and help them back home. The world that should have been parenthetical Denmark. <laughs> uh, the story is explain- uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So friends. Blake was right. Jordan was one. Yeah, yeah, point, yeah. Point Blake. Thank you very much. Yes, very good much. job. Pat yourself on the back. I Maybe already did. Right often. Here, but, you can know, you hear sometimes. this? I can. I don't know if the. I was literally can. patting myself on the back. <laughs> yeah, smack so. yourself a little bit harder. Smack yourself in the face while you're at it. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you what your uh, favorite and least favorite mechanics were. Um, I don't think I had a least favorite. Uh, favorite? Uh, I mean, does dash count? I mean, that's just fun. Um, I, I do. I did like the. Um, the uh just the 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 sort of the walls the uh blue and orange walls and the kind of dynamic they have that one of them you can dash through one of them if you dash into you'll hit the other one you can pass through if floating normally uh and Mm -hmm. the other one you'll you'll only bounce off of if floating normally i think the sort of uh dichotomy of those two uh two mechanics and sort of the way they get used in concert is when the game uh, is really picking up steam when you kind of yeah, have to like sure. on the fly as you're flying around, you kind of have to be grokking that 
pretty pretty rapidly to be able to get through mm-hmm. the last uh, couple and then levels. Chaining those together is like the only way the game yep. kind of makes you. That that's the real like a uh, long, um, uh, sort of stretches of gameplay without a a blob that you're in. So right, right. Those are always feel like the most delicate um, and some of the most rewarding as well. Like you really feel yeah. like you nailed it when you do like five. You chain together five dashes in a row, bouncing off walls. Yeah, it's uh, a nice it's a nice balance of. Um, remembering the way those work and uh using them to your advantage and also thinking about your positioning and your trajectory and sort Mm -hmm. of like doing the math as you move to sort of uh sort of make it uh through the puzzles i think it's uh it's really fun and honestly uh it kind of reminded me of uh celeste um oh sure where you're kind of like yeah because certain things will refresh your dash and that as well right right so you're having to keep a sort of like uh maybe subconscious tally of uh, of how everything works while also just managing you know uh trajectories and movement uh and i think it's it's uh really fun and uh mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. the frequent checkpointing uh it was another thing that reminded me of celeste of just like all right i've got my checkpoint set where i want it now i just gotta i just have to execute i i figured out the way to do this platforming puzzle. Now I just got to do the damn thing. Uh, but doing the damn thing, fun time, good time. You know what I mean? It's a good time. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll say mm-hmm. what my least favorite is. And I, I, it's not like something I actively disliked, mm-hmm. but I I was not a huge fan of the... Uh, there's a couple levels where you, you, like, get this item that allows you to see blobs that were hitherto invisible. Mm. And... I I just there were a couple times when I got lost. I don't know if this happened. Yeah, to yeah. Where I just like lost track of where the next invisible blob was, and mm. I was kind of like, I, this doesn't seem to be. A- yeah, that one that one definitely felt a little bit like under under baked. Maybe I mean the the reason I didn't end up being that annoyed by it is because um, in almost every case where I got lost, if you just sort of start going Wander, backward yeah, you'll hit it yeah, yeah you go backward through the level using the normal uh <laughs> safe blobs, zones yeah you'll eventually uh, find then you'll yeah. eventually sort of find the like hidden hidden blobs or the hidden we didn't even really talk about the trains uh i don't know if you yeah. call them trains the with trains the little yellow things cool. yeah yeah those are fun the way they launch launch you around mm-hmm. good time yeah, plus they yeah, just look I cool like those turn you yeah, into a crazy so rocket cool. ship yeah and I cool think those were game. great. Um, there actually was a shout out an actual quality of life thing. There is that they the game was very uh, good at communicating when you would um, your dash would reach them, right? Like it, it, it would uh, yep. shimmer. Yeah, totally. If your if your dash was gonna cause you to hit that, um, and it would do something similar with the um, the blue walls. Like if you were gonna make it through, it would shimmer, so you you were aware that you're. Uh, exactly about how long your dash will be yeah um yeah uh yeah but it is and also you know i say least favorite but i didn't really have a huge problem with it and i did think that it still um you know worked as the kind of uh you know puzzle platformer um you know the typical pattern of like you know introduce a new mechanic get some uh new ideas out of it for a couple levels and then move on uh so i did 
still kind of as part of the whole game, I thought it worked, but on its own, I, I think it was one of the weakest. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, like I said, it didn't bother me that much, but uh, I understand uh, why it <laughs> might have uh, bothered you. So, you know, sure. to each to each their own or whatever. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any uh, other thoughts about Yinglet? Uh, just to say it's great. And I encourage you to play it. It's totally worth the five dollars. Yeah, five bucks on uh, Steam or Itch. It's uh, about an hour it. if you don't get any of the collectibles. About an hour and a half if you get them all. And mm-hmm. I think it's a hour and a half. Well worth it. I think it's neat. Oh, know? and I did when I beat the game. I did unlock some sort of. It was called negative mode. I need to explore what that is. I don't know if that's like I'm going to assume it just mode in, or inverts maybe the colors of the, the levels. Colors. Yeah, that's yeah. what my guess is going to be neato who could find out also when you buy it on steam uh when you launch it it gives you the option to play the original game jam prototype so i kind of want to try that out see yeah, how different yeah. it is from 2013 so this game's been eight years <laughs> been in the, the oven making. quite a while yeah maybe yeah. uh maybe they started it made a game jam game kind of forgot about it and then years later we're like i want to finish and put out a game and they were like well this one's pretty cool what if i finish and put this one out yeah i think then they, they did, did. yeah Really yeah. great. Um, feels very complete. So tight, um, tight. Yeah, it, it does does what it wants to do and gets the hell out. You know. Yeah, like I'm just even looking at the um, like what like there's just so many great little polishes on it. Like for example, when you dash, it lets out a um, like a ripple effect that uh actually does um ripple through all of the environment. Like mm. the the little safe zones will will ripple in response to your dash and it just <clears> looks great yeah like those little those little like circular things that are on your like big traily tail tentacle things they go away to show you that you don't have a dash and then when you recharge the dash they'll zip back onto your little yeah yeah that's that's tails. good as well yeah it's yeah, uh it's, just, it's very polished it's got it's got a lot of uh visual uh i i guess eye candy there's a lot of fun stuff going on on the screen it looks cute it's colorful uh it just looks unique and it's fun and good and that's what i think about that (laughs) oh what difficulty did you play on uh whatever the normal one was like default well i think it's called challenging is, is the hardest well then that then i did it on the hardest yeah. difficulty i did as well but i was curious what the i wonder how it eases it does it change the levels or maybe it gives you more air control or i i, I just assumed those were um sort of like accessibility type options sure. i know i there was, was just curious what it changes maybe I, I noticed that there were controls to slow down uh like the time that the game runs at so that's kind of interesting. I know sure, that some other sure. platforming games uh, have included that as an accessibility option for people with like motor control uh, impairments or that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, neat. That's Not something you see a lot in games this small. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'd appreciate. It's it. definitely impressive that they went the extra mile on that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, next week or next time. <laughs> our Aha, podcast so increasingly increasingly not on a weekly schedule sorry we're busy life well, turns out said, when you I mean, we, turns we out when you stay inside for like every other week a year and a half 
once you can go outside, you 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 do it a lot. Too. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, when next you hear hear from us, we will be talking about Alien Death Mob, uh, which is a game you can find on Steam for two dollars. Uh, it says aliens have invaded earth town cities deserts they're everywhere take on the role of earth's last super soldier and confront the alien menace and this intense twin stick shooter uh and uh, yep that looks to be what it is a twin stick shooter where you shoot aliens the art style looks fun um and that's very like to say about uh, that you know classic (laughs) arcade bullet hell style yeah the the art style kind of reminds me of like um uh, like a, a an Amiga game, like one of those kind of like uh, consumer mm. PCs from the UK, where uh, oh sure, where because yeah. like certain sprites are just all one color. It's like these bad guys are blue, these bad guys <laughs> are red, you are white, and <laughs> you are gonna yeah, shoot the bad guys. Yeah, it's true. It does totally. You know, have that it look. doesn't it because it because I, I don't know why it is that uh, those sort of like uh, British homebrew indie game uh, games like have that style, whereas like console games obviously had like maybe they just have a much more limited color space. Um, but it, it it sort of looks like that. Um, yeah, so I think anyway, that's right. I'll have more thoughts about that after I play it, though. Same here, um, man. Yeah, so that's my Pug Fugly games. So if you would like to listen to that episode um, and or get a link to the game when we play it, uh, you should follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, That's where we tweet out all the updates for uh, the game, everything from um, new episodes to announcements about the podcast and uh, links to the games we play and contact information for the creators of those games. So we'd love love for you to follow us and... um, shoot us a tweet if you have thoughts about the episode or if you have recommendations for games uh, we we should play. We play more games that we are recommended by followers than not, so if you recommend it to us there's a very good chance we will play it. Um, uh, but yeah, Alien Death Mob next time. Uh, follow us on Twitter, EdgeGuardCast, and we will talk to you then. Bye.